Hey, Generation Church, we welcome you and invite you to encounter Jesus with us. We believe that through him, we will encounter love and discover our purpose. So take a seat, lean in, and let this message fortify your faith. Are y'all glad you're here? I am. I'm so glad I'm here. And I know that, you know, some of us woke up today and we thought, oh, I hope the roads aren't icy, but I'm glad they're not. We're able to... You know, it's hard. I, I, I tell people I would not want to be a weatherman in Asheville, North Carolina, because you I, it would be a very humiliating job because you can't predict the weather in Asheville. I mean, you know, they're saying they're saying it's not going to snow and it snows. They say it's you know, it just I, I it would not be a very rewarding job. So I think I'd have to go do something else. Uh, but. One of the things I started, I started last week, is um, I kind of felt like it was going to develop into a series on experiencing the fullness of God, experiencing God's love, experiencing Him in our prayer life, experiencing God as we read the Word, experiencing the fullness of God who dwells on the inside of us. But this week, uh, have you ever had the Lord arrest your attention? Kind of like get wake you up a little bit. I got arrested this week by the Lord in a way that um, I didn't expect it. But as I was, you know, I was meditating and I was listening to the Lord for what the Lord was wanting to say for this Sunday. You know, when I was reflecting on what I shared last week, where the Holy Spirit wants to dwell within us, but he also wants to be upon us to open our eyes that we might see Jesus. He wants us to walk in a life of holiness unto him because he's holy. And, and in that, you know, I was kind of in that vein. And I've, I love to experience God's presence as I meditate upon him, as I worship him. And it's such a privilege as sons and daughters of God that we get to experience God on the inside. Think about that. We get to experience the, the unlimited love that he has for us on the inside. It's a living reality. But the challenge is, is that he doesn't want just us to store this love on the inside. My time with the Lord, it's my love. I love him, he loves me, and that's enough. The issue is, is that he wants you to become broken bread and poured out wine to other people. And the challenge is, where it's comfortable, is allowing the love to stay on the inside. Because it's safe. We're not vulnerable. We're not opening up our hearts. And if, you know, it's interesting, I was thinking about, you know, if love represented honey in a jar, and I was thinking to myself, I wish I had a jar of honey. And, and lo and behold, someone comes up to me and gives me a gift of a jar of honey. And I thought, wow, what an amazing, what an amazing gift. But if God's love was like honey in a jar, you know, the reality is a lot of times we like to keep the honey in the jar. Because... It's good because we want it. <laughs> I don't want anybody else to have my honey. But 
The reality is, is that he wants you to take the lid off of your life. And well, this is a neat little gift. I'll be. He wants us to take the honey and begin to give it to other people and let them taste and see that the Lord is good. And, I mean, look how delicious this looks. <laughs> but, but he wants us to give it to somebody so that they can taste it and see that he is good. But I had to take the jar off. And, you know, when we take the lid off of our hearts, we feel vulnerable. We feel like, is everybody going to be kind to me? Is everybody going to be nice to me? Is everybody going to say really nice things to me? Is everybody going to treat me in a way that I deserve to be treated nicely? Well, the reality is, this is the point in which we have to trust the Lord with our hearts. We can't protect our hearts in a manner that says, I am not going to take the lid off anymore. It's, it's too risky. Mm. My, my, my. See, that was so good. But see, that love, he really wants you to take the lid off, get some honey, slap it on a nice piece of homemade bread and give it to somebody else. He wants you to give away what he's given to you. And so, and in that, but I believe, you know, a lot of times, one of the most challenging things for me is giving love away when they really don't deserve it. <laughs> you know, well, you don't deserve it. Your behavior, you know, is horrible. It's hard to love those that aren't deserving of it and are, are, are not, well, let's just say we've been treated unfairly. It is hard to love those that have treated you cruelly or, or, or have mistreated you or have been um, harsh with you. You know, Luke 6.32 says this. Let's look at this verse. Luke 6.32, if you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. You know, it is easy for us to love everyone here. You guys are an easy crowd to love. You're lovable. I like you. I just want to hug you. But I'll tell you something, it's hard to love those that are contrary with you and do not like you. And do only like what you have to say. It's hard to love those that you don't think are being very sensitive to your own feelings and, and how, how you're um, thinking about things. Loving your enemy can be the most challenging thing that can happen. I know it's hard to love those that mistreat you. I know it's hard to love those 
that speak evil of you. I know it's hard to love those that are jealous of you. I know it's hard to love those that have violated you. I know it's hard. It's hard to love those that have taken an advantage of you. I know it takes everything within you to love those that do not deserve it. But Jesus, this is what Jesus is asking us to do. To love when it's not comfortable, when it doesn't feel safe. To be willing to open your hearts and extend love to those that don't deserve it based on their behavior towards you. This is an amazing story that I always remember by Corey Timboom. This what strikes me about this story is that how she was able to forgive and love someone that actually was was overseeing the death of her sister. Corey Timboom was in concentration camp in Nazi Germany and um and essentially, she was uh, in a concentration. She was a Jew. Her whole family, well, her whole family was, was sent to concentration camps. Her father and her mother were sent to other camps. But her sister and her were at this one camp. And, um, and, and Germany had been liberated and... and and was set free from the tyrant, as we know, Adolf Hitler. But in that, during the time in which she was in the camp, in the concentration camp, she watched her sister die by the hands of the guards at this camp. And, and everything within her, it was so hard to forgive this guard that had, had took her sister's life, as well as the guards that took her other family members at the other camps. So Germany is liberated, and um, Corrie Boom is from Holland, and she felt called to go and minister um, at this church in Germany. And so she's in the church, and she says, there he was. As she was ministering on forgiveness, there he was. He came into the back of the sanctuary and sat down. And he was a man that was balding, heavy set, and he had a gray overcoat and a brown hat that was clutched in his hands. And as, as she had got done ministering, uh, this man began to walk towards the front of the sanctuary. She had just been ministering on forgiveness, that the Lord will, will forgive us and take our sin and throw it into the ocean. And so in that, he came walking up to her, and this is what he said. He said, fine, fine message, Fraulein. How good it is to know that, as you say, all our sins are at the bottom of the sea. 
It was the first time that she had seen this man since she had been released from the concentration camp. And she said her blood felt like it began to freeze on the inside. Just began to freeze. She was just like gripped at that very moment. And the prison guard walked up to her and said, You mentioned Ravensbrook in your talk. And he was saying, I was a guard there. And she knew it because he was the one that oversaw the death of her sister. But he said, I heard from your lips, Fraulein, that you will forgive me. And then he stood there and he said, since you have said that, I have become a Christian. And I stand here as a believer in Jesus, and I ask you, would you please forgive me? And she just, she was so gripped, and she knew that her emotions, there was nothing in her that loved him, nothing of, of her will that wanted to. But she knew according, she knew that, you know, forgiveness is not a feeling. We don't we don't all of a sudden wait till we feel like we're going to forgive somebody or love somebody to do it. It's an action. Forgiveness is a choice. So she knew she had to forgive this man that oversaw the death of her sister. And she said mechanically and even in a woodenly way, she said, I stretched out my hand to shake his hand. And she said, as soon as I did that, I felt electricity flow from my shoulder, she said, all the way down to my hand. And my heart was filled with the warmth of heaven. And, and I grasped his hand. And I said, I forgive you. She said she started bawling and weeping. And she said the tears were healing but the warmth of the love of God began to flow through her to that man to forgive him for overseeing the death of her sister. That is an amazing forgiveness, being able to forgive somebody that actually killed a family member. She said, forgiveness is an act of the will. And the will can function regardless of the temperature of the heart. This is so true. She said, she said, as I began to extend my hand to his hand, she cried out, Jesus, help me. Help me, Jesus. And he did. And the love flowed. And she said it was an amazing healing moment. She said, I forgive you, brother. And she said, I cried. With all of my heart, I cried. And we grasped, we held. And she said, I have never known God's love so intensely at, than, than that moment. I want to look at a scripture verse, Luke 6, 27, verse through 38. Luke 6, 27 through 38. Let's look at this together. Because, you know, this is really where the rubber hits the road, where we're going to have a choice by an act of our will to forgive and love 
those that have not been kind to us. But to you, but to you who are listening, I say, love your enemies and do good to those that hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. If someone slaps you on the cheek, turn to them the other also. Would that be hard for you? I mean, really. It would be hard for me to turn the other cheek. Turn to them the other cheek also. If someone takes your coat, do not withhold your shirt from them. Give to everyone who asks you, and if anyone takes what belongs to you, do not demand it back. Do to others as you would have them do to you. I think that sets a standard for us as believers to respond in certain situations that's going to require us, as the Scripture says, you must lose your life to find your life. You must be willing to let go and surrender your will, your ways, and not wanting to repay evil for evil, but to be an extension of His love. And at moments when it's hard is when that love that dwells on the inside of you, the lid is taken off, and you must give some of that sweet honey away. Because love is the greatest force in the universe. God so loved the whole world that He gave up His only begotten Son, He gave up his prized possession, his son, because he loves everyone. It's hard to understand that, but he loves us all. He loves us in here, and he loves those out there. Love has no bounds. So we're to be conduits of God's love flowing through us to touch other people. This week I had a situation happen to me that um, I've never had happen before. And um, I was taking my grands to go get some donuts this week. We always love going to our favorite donut shop and we get donuts. And, uh, and then I go to the park and then we ride our new bikes. They got new bikes for Christmas this year, so we've been having fun. So I arrived at the donut shop, and I got the kids out of the car, and I walked over. We walked over to our favorite donut shop. I got Elise in my arms. I got Abel in my hand, and we're walking over there. No sooner had I walked through the front door than the guy in the shop, the manager, said, you better turn around and go back to your car right now. He said, that guy right there, that tow truck, he's getting ready to take off with your car. And I thought, oh, my goodness. So I got Elise and Laura. Hey, well, let's go. Let's go. So we're running over to my car. Well, sure enough, he backed up behind my car, and he lowered down the fork. The fork is what slides up under the car. He did this all in a matter of 60 seconds. And, and I said, sir, 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 you can stop now. I'm, I'm, it's okay. I'll take care of it. 
I didn't know that this was a parking. It was a, actually, they had just set it up as a parking place. I'd have been, I've been parking there for years. And all of a sudden, I said, I'll take care of it. I didn't know that this was a parking spot. I'll be happy to pay for it right now. And he looked at me, and then he put it in reverse, and he slid the fork up under my car. Just slid it right up under there. And I said, sir, you, you didn't hear me, did you? I said, stop. I will take care of this. And then all of a sudden, he looked at me, and he lifted my car up. And by that time, I'm telling you, my blood was boiling. I'm like, I'm about ready to give him a knuckle sandwich. But I, I'm like, you know, I said, do you see the situation that I'm in? I said, I have a baby in my arm. I have my, my grandson with me. I said, do you understand the situation that I'm in? And you're getting ready to try to take my car? How am I going to get them home? You have car seats in your truck? You know, and then I said, and then he said, yeah, you can go ahead and pay. Just pay me 120 right now. And I went, you rascal. I said, you're out here just to make a buck. I said, you mean to tell me you're wanting me to pay $120 because I made a mistake, and I was here to correct it, and I told you to stop, but you chose not to. So in that, he said, well, that's fine. He starts to drive off with my car. He, he, and I'm like going, this time, I mean, I mean, little Laura, her lip is quivering, and she's, Bobby, I'm getting scared. And I'm like, oh, Lord Jesus, I don't want to scare her. I don't want to frighten them. I said, stop, stop, stop. I said, all right, I'll pay you. And I gave him my credit card. And, and then he ended up charging my credit card. And then he drove off. I felt so violated. I was so mad. I was like, he really took advantage of me. It was a weak moment. You know, you're at a weak moment when you got your grandkids in your arms and, you know, and you're trying to hold on. And, I, and I, I sat there, and I got, I said, you know, I'm not going to let the enemy rob me of this. So I went back in, I said, I, I said I'm going to get the kids some donuts. So we went back in there, and the manager said, man, we were watching this whole thing, and we felt so bad for you. He said, the donuts are on us. <laughs> I said, oh, thank you, God. The donuts are on And this other poor man in the store he felt so bad about it, he gave the owner money to give to me because he said, I felt so bad for him. He said, that was horrible. He said, we all felt sick inside, you know, the donut shop watching you. So, uh, so I got in the car and I, I, I went to, we went to the park and we rode bikes and ate our donuts and enjoyed it. And honestly, though, it was really difficult for me to enjoy the moment after that. I was so angry. I was so angry. And then I'm driving home on I-40 after I dropped off the kids. And I'm on 40. And I'm on the far right-hand lane. And this car comes up beside me and all of a sudden decides that they want to get off the exit ramp, which is on the right of me, to go down to Hendersonville, down I-26 south. So the car 
just drives right in front of me, clips me almost in the front. So I had to, so I didn't crash into the person, had to decide, well, I guess I'm going on the off-ramp down to I-26. So I ended up, just to, to divert myself from getting hit by the car, I had to get on the off-ramp and go down to Hendersonville and turn around and come back. I was not a happy camper. Everything within me was screaming, and I was angry, mad. I felt like I was mistreated. And God, where are you? And the Lord said to me so clearly, he said, stop being angry. He said, stop being angry. And then, you know, the scripture came to my mind, Psalm 37, 8, which says, stop being angry. Psalm 38, no, 37, 8 says this, stop being angry, turn from your rage, do not lose your temper, it only leads to harm. I'm going to tell you something that you need to remember this. Anger in the heart of man draws evil to you. You know, the devil is really upset about the fact of where he's going to spend eternity. He doesn't like the situation that he's going to be in hell forever. He's mad. He's upset. So who better to pick up on anger in the heart of somebody else than him? He knows when anger is seated in your heart. And it attracts evil to you. And I'm telling you right now, do not harbor anger or bitterness in your heart towards anyone else. Because you become a target for the enemy. You become an individual that is going to experience things you don't want to experience. So stop being angry. Let go of it. Forgive. Let go of the temper. It only leads to harm. Our, I mean, that's why Jesus said, don't let the sun go down on your anger. Why? Because anger in your heart more than 24 hours can draw harm and evil to you. Get rid of the anger, whatever you have to do. You have to choose in your heart to forgive and let go. And you know what he said to me? You know, there's those moments when it's almost like you hear the audible voice of the Lord. This was one of those moments where he was lovingly correcting me. Have you ever been lovingly corrected? Okay. That's when I say, yes, sir. He said, don't you know that I want you to love those that even mistreat you? He said, the tow truck driver is on his way to hell. And he says, I want you to pray for him. Pray for those that mistreat you. He said, he's a lost soul. He's a lost soul. And he said, I wanted your life to intercept with his life that you might pray for him. 
You know, hell is not made for any human. Hell is made for the devil and his demons. This man, he needs to be saved. And he's on a course of destruction. And so, therefore, I had to choose with all of my heart to love him, to forgive him. The Lord says, I'm going to take care of the money. Don't worry about that. He said, I got you. I'm going to take care of it. I'll repay. He said, but I want you to love your enemy. I want you to love those that mistreat you because that individual matters to me. I, love, I looked at, I want to tell you this, I looked at this guy and I said, he wouldn't even look me in the face. I said, you've lost your heart. You don't even have a conscience right now. I was so upset. I was like, I wasn't yelling, but I was firm. I said, you've lost your heart. It's seared. And that's true. He has, he's lost his way. But you know, that's how heathens act. They don't know any other way. When you're in darkness, you don't know how to walk in the light and do what's right. So I had to choose. You know, when I was in the darkness, I, I'm saddened by some of the things I did to people when I did not know Jesus. I was unfair. I was not kind. Were you kind? So now that we've been born again, born from above, and the love of God has filled our hearts, and he so loves the world, do you think that maybe it's time to take the lid off of our lives and share the love? To share with those that are around us. To share with those that don't care even for us. It's time for us to give away of our lives and get out of any sheltered life. You know, it's easy to come to church. We love each other. When we go back home, we shut the garage door and we live our life. We don't intermingle with the world that much. But what if he's calling us to go into the highways and the byways? What if he's calling us to go find those that are in the ditches of life and to love them and to pray for them and to support them. He wants us now to rise up. We can't hoard this love inside our lives. We've got to give it away. You've got to give the love away. You've been loved so much and forgiven of so much. Now we've got to forgive and love those that need the same blessing that we've received. You know, God can speak to us through dreams. You know, a lot of times I think, ah, my dreams are just pizza dreams. But no, there, there are some dreams that I'll have God speaks to me so clearly. And when I remember a dream, it was a dream from God. You know, God spoke to many people in the Bible through dreams. 
He spoke to Joseph about taking Mary as his wife. He spoke to Joseph in a dream to go down to Egypt. He spoke in many ways to people to get their attention on various things. Well, I had a dream. The night of the incident with the tow truck guy. And it was my birthday. And we were having a big celebration, church. I mean, it was a party. I mean, we actually, we rented out an auditorium. There were so many people at my birthday. And there were presents everywhere. I was so excited. You know, there was gifts. And by the way, my birthday is coming up soon. You know, just a little <laughs> FYI. You know, it is coming up down the pike. And, uh, and uh, I'm turning that big age, you know, that one age that's kind of like the big, big Hummer dinger age. So, yeah, I'm 30. <laughs> so, so there were loads of people in this big auditorium and there were gifts everywhere. And I was in the dressing room getting ready and I had my tux on and my hair was looking good. And I was getting ready to go in and, and have a fun, fun time. And then I got a knock on the door. And I opened it up. And this person stood before me and was so excited to see me. And, uh, and this person in the natural, honestly, if I could just be real honest with you, I would not be excited to meet them. I would not want to meet them. I don't like this person in the natural. And this individual isn't on, you know, my top list of people I want to just hang out with. But this person stood at my door. And my heart filled with such love for this person. And, and I... I gave this person a hug. If I told you who it was, you all would laugh. But if I hugged this person, and, um, and then I gave him a kiss on the cheek. And I said, I am so glad you're here. We're going to have a fun birthday party. So we entered into the auditorium, and it was a party waiting to happen. It was so much fun, big occasion. And then all of a sudden, this person comes up to me and says, I cannot believe that you invited that person to your birthday party. I said, don't you know that this person is deserving of love just like you? I said, yes, I know who they are. But this person needs to be loved and welcomed just like everyone else here. And then I woke up and I knew exactly what the Lord was showing me. You know, I can't be selective in who I love. I can't have a, 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 a list of people that these are the ones that my heart is going to love. I don't have an option. My job is to love. 
without filters, without guards, without setting up walls of protection. So he says, what reward do you have if you love those that love you? What reward do we have loving those that love us? That's easy, church. It is easy. Easy street. But it's a whole other story when you're having to love that person at work that cuts you off, that says things about you. Having that individual in your neighborhood that won't even look at you when you walk by because they hate you. They know who you are. They know that you're a Christian. Our hearts are to be open to loving those that don't love us. And that is the true test of a Christian. That we can love and forgive with no strings attached, knowing that our reward is in heaven, knowing that He is the one that's going to bless us. I want to look at Matthew chapter 20, verses 1 through 16. It says, For the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. And when he had agreed with the laborers for Daenerys for the day, he sent them into his vineyard. And he went out about the third hour and saw others standing idle in the marketplace. And to those he said, You also go into the vineyard, and whatever is right I will give you. And so they went. And again he went out about the sixth and the ninth hour and did the same thing. And about the eleventh hour, he went out, and he found others standing around. And he said, he says, said to them, Why have you been standing here idle all day long? And they said to him, Because no one hired us. And he said to them, You go into the vineyard too. And then when evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to the foreman, Call the laborers and pay them their wages, beginning with the last group, to the first. When those hired about the eleventh hour came, each one received a denarius. When those hired first came, they thought that they would receive more, but each of them also received a denarius. When they received it, they grumbled, and the landowner, they grumbled, saying, These last men have worked only one hour, and you've made them equal to us who have borne the burden and the scorching heat of the day? They grumbled. But he answered and said to one of them, Friend, I'm doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for Daenerys? Take what is yours and go. But I wish to give to the last man the same as to you. Is it not lawful for me to do what I wish with what is my own? Or is your eye envious because I am generous? So the last shall be first and the first 
last. They grumbled. They grumbled. They got angry, church. They got angry because the land order wanted to give the same wages to those that came in at the last minute as those that got there at the first hour. They grumbled. They got angry in their heart. Am I to get angry in my heart that that tow truck driver could possibly see me and meet me in glory? And I'm like, you let him in? (laughs) At the last minute? The Lord owns it all. And he loves all. And his heart is that no man perish. And I remember that man not even able to look at me in the face because he knew he was doing wrong. He knew he was mistreating me. But in that, the Lord says, I want you to pray for him. I want you to pray for him even though he's mistreating you because I love him. I care for him. I died for him. I feel like the Lord is addressing some individuals here today that might be holding on to a grudge in your heart towards somebody. You might be angry in your heart towards somebody that has mistreated you, been unkind to you, has said mean things to you. Church, today... I encourage you to let go of the grudge, the anger, and forgive. No matter what has happened to you, no matter how you were treated, the issue is today you need to let go of the anger. You need to let go of that grudge that you've held in your heart. And yes, I know what they did was wrong. And what they did was very unfair. What they said hurt. But the issue is, how are you going to respond to it? Forgiveness is a choice. Forgiveness in letting go of those things that we feel violated, we feel mistreated with. It's our right to say how we feel in this situation. The reality is, is that the Lord wants to liberate our hearts, that our hearts become so free in love that we're not guarded anymore, that we can forgive that individual, even though what they did was wrong. I believe the Lord wants to liberate, because my heart, until that dream I had the night of, I was struggling all day long letting go of that experience. I had the hardest time letting go. I still have the receipt. And and I was about ready to call the police. I was about ready to, to step in and say, I need justice served in this situation. But the Lord said, no. No. Pray for him. Love him. I'm tempted to write him a letter and put some money 
in the envelope and say, be blessed of the Lord. You know, we need to come in the opposite spirit. It's kind of like we need to come in the opposite way that like step, stop, stops them in their tracks. Because when I told this man, I said, stop. You know I told you to stop. And you intentionally put that thing under my car. And then he stopped and he went, well, you know, he's right. Ah, oh, and then he went ahead and did it anyway. <laughs> but the reality is, forgive. It's freeing, church. A heart full of anger is in bondage. A heart full of an offense is in prison. Set yourself free today and forgive and let go of the anger that you're harboring in your heart. Let it go. It will only draw evil to you. I didn't say that. The scripture says that. I believe we're, we're to be the most loving people on the planet. That this church are to be conduits of love. That, that Asheville could be love to life. That Asheville could come to know that there is a people that really love us. Even though we're different. Even though we don't look like them. The reality is they love. I want us to be that people. I want us to be a light set on a hill. The people are drawn because they know this church loves and loves well. So could you all stand with me? We're ending early today. How about that? That means we're going to have a lot of time to love each other. Father, I thank you so much for your unconditional love towards us. And Lord, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Christ died for us in that while we were sinners. While we mistreated people, were unkind to people, spoke evil of people, Jesus, you died for us. Because you loved us. Because your heart is for us. Because you don't want any man to perish. So we thank you for the unconditional love that you have for us. And I ask, Father, by the power of your Holy Spirit, the Lord, you would rest upon each and every one here. And Father, if there's anyone here that's harboring anger, that's harboring hurt feelings, that's harboring any judgment in their heart. God, I pray today that you would set us free because to whom the Son is set free is free indeed. I ask, Holy Spirit, that your anointing would come upon each and every one. I'm asking that you would fill us up to overflowing, that our lives would be a representation of love. And I'm asking, Lord, right now that your healing love would flow into the hearts of everyone here 
that might need to forgive somebody and to let go. Holy Spirit, I'm asking that you would just fill up everyone's heart here. That we would be restored. That the joy of the Lord would be our strength. I'm asking that your warmth love would just fill our hearts afresh. I'm asking that your love would make all things new. Lord, we worship you and we thank you for loving us even when we weren't lovable. So, Lord, I ask today that there would be healing in this house. And that, Lord, you would restore hearts and help those to let go. I just want to share a testimony of how the Lord helped grow my understanding of the depth of forgiveness and what that looked like because sometimes there's places where we're trying to forgive but we but he wants to deepen that understanding of forgiveness and so um i had a friend who was a good friend of mine and uh i found out and the lord literally needed to remove me from the country so because I couldn't handle being in the same space as somebody who I encountered regularly, who I found out as a professing believer had molested her repeatedly. And when I found out, I wasn't living in the U.S., and I was angry. But I was pretty quickly deeply saddened because... I knew, you know, I've, I've grown up knowing my majority of my life, forgiveness is what we're called to, and forgiveness is what has been extended to us, so how can I do any less? But what that did is I didn't give myself permission to feel angry because I knew I was called to forgive, right? So I was actually sad and I was frustrated because I was like, I just want to be angry, and I, could, I couldn't even feel that. Um, right then. And so I knew forgiveness, forgiveness, forgiveness. And I, I, I was aware of this choice, right? But what I didn't know is I was trying to move towards it out of my own strength. And so when feelings would come up, I would white knuckle it and I'm like, I need to pray harder. Lord, will you help me forgive this man? But I didn't realize that I was carrying anger for years until I came to hear and I went through the Sozo ministry. Didn't even think it was for that. It was for other things. And the Lord brought this up, right? And one of the pictures that was so powerful for me was the space of being, picturing myself in a safe space with Jesus and him inviting this person in. And what would I say to them? And this is almost a decade after the fact. And what came up was, how could you? That was a deep question that I was carrying for years and I didn't even realize I was carrying it. But some of the point in the purpose of forgiveness, I think we can get caught in the, what is it gonna cost me to let go? What is it gonna cost me to lay it down? But Jesus is there and he's saying, beloved, you are never meant to carry this. It's too heavy for you, give it to me. 
And there was so much freedom for me and being able to lend voice to my anger. That was the process of what letting go looked like for me to walk into forgiveness. Um, and so if there's anybody here today who has experienced some deep hurt um, and maybe there's still some anger in you, God is a God of process, and he wants to meet you where you're at. And it's not your job. It's not your responsibility with what Pastor Sam shared. When Corey Tenboom was in that place, literally faced with somebody that she recognized, I can't forgive. But that's the hope of the gospel, you guys. We can't forgive on our own. Jesus is the one who extends forgiveness, and it is through the power of the Holy Spirit that we can forgive, and it's about freedom, right? And so the freedom and the hope that I have is that one day, right, and forgiveness does not always mean that I'm called to be in relationship. I'm not in relationship with that person right now, but the hope is that one day I will get the opportunity to be together in eternity with this individual and we will both be freed from seeing each other through a lens of sin, a lens of brokenness, and I will get to see him in the fullness of the design that he was created for, right? Because there were some good memories there too. Um, so I just want to encourage you with that. If there's any places, get help. That's what community is for. I needed help to understand what the next step of forgiveness looked like. I needed help to be led into the fullness of forgiveness that I didn't even understand. I was trying, and the Lord, I think, honored the desire to be obedient, even though I didn't know what that looked like and what that meant. Um, and so there's a prayer team here. If, if any of you are struggling, I would encourage you to come up for prayer after the service to allow the Lord to minister to your heart in ways that you, you may not even recognize that you need. Hmm. Thank you. Thank you. Amen. Well, Father, I just pray now that by the power of your spirit, you would rest upon this place. And Holy Spirit, I ask that you would do what you do best, and that is restore our hearts and make things, all things new. Holy Spirit, I thank you and I praise you that you're the miracle worker in our midst. So draw us close to you. And I pray today, Lord, that those hearts that need to be free uh, today would find the freedom that is theirs in Christ. So if you need some prayer, I want to ask the prayer team to come on up. And if, if there's an area that you just really need to let go of, you just need to let go of it. You've been holding on to it, harboring it, and you just need help. I just want you to come and get some prayer. Do you know, on a regular basis, we all need prayer. <laughs> let me just say it that way. Uh, we're all a work in process. So if you know in your heart you need to have someone stand with you and pray through something, I want you to come forward. Just come now. and Let's just receive prayer. Father, I thank you and I praise you that today you're setting hearts free. And to whom the Son is set free is free indeed. So, Lord, let your blessing be upon each and every one. I pray, Lord, that your protection would rest upon this church. 
I'm asking, Lord God, that your grace would be extended to each and every one. And I pray, Lord, today you'd lift up your countenance upon each and every one and give them your peace, the shalom peace of Jesus, to rest in our hearts and our minds. And I thank you for that, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. So if you need prayer, I want you to come forward. If not, give somebody a hug. Say, I love you, and I'm glad you're here.